The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. You guys ready? What the hell? (laughs) Cold opening. Okay, this is my favorite label. What the hell? <laughs> Maybe I will handwrite each one of them. Should we? I mean, should we, your handwriting? Should we That's pour amazing. something? <laughs> All right, who's got a pour? I got a pour. Great. All right, a bar pour. <laughs> Bart on blue. All right. Did you already check all these? You are recording, right? I am. Are we good? Who so, is? <laughs> Talk about a cold open. Get that in the glass. <laughs> Ice cold. Glacial. Get that in there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers in a very good mood this morning. I'm a beautiful day in Sonoma with Brian Casey, Bart Hanson, and Sam Katuri. On a new releases, Dane Sellers Day, huh? Yeah. How about that? How about that? Mm, hey, Bart, you make Chenin Blanc? I was going to ask that, bit. too. <laughs> so, actually. Every- I actually dumped <laughs> twice as much as I made. I dropped Shannon Blanc. <laughs> yeah. Dropping the Shannon Blanc today. No, 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 not that kind. Right. I think dumped is the right word. So dumped. everything uh, did come out Shannon, okay after Shannon. the Amphora, right? I'm never seeing again. This is the Shannon that was this not was in the, the non, Amphora. This is the non-Amphora Shannon. All right. right. So or did, did you, or did right? you have a shop vac? Yeah. And you yeah. <laughs> wet dry, it all wet up. dry on wet. <laughs> right, definitely had to be filtered. <laughs> A little filtering going on. No, there was um, we that year, that year, last year, we bought a full ton, and it was a heavy ton of Chenin Blanc. From Wait, the fry what's ranch. a heavy ton? Just meaning that you know, did, the, you, ever, did you ever buy drugs, Brian? He uh, ate heavy. When you bought some weed. Not in and tons. That, and that ounce was like 30 grams instead of 28 because the dealer hooked you up. was a bro. Home and dad. No, that never, never happened. happened to you. <laughs> it was 26. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 26 and it was half stems. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Seeds and stems. Um, the, the thought, Brian, is, is that, you know, you take, I'll take two bins and it's about a ton. Right. Okay. And in certain varieties, it's, it's never a ton. Like two bins right. is never a ton of Cabernet. But no, two bins sometimes of, it's like two thirds of a ton of Cabernet, right? right? Yeah. And but two tons of Zinfandel. I mean, two bins of Zinfandel could be like one point two five tons. Wow. Um, in this case, Shannon, this was a little over a ton in two bins. Okay. And so when we pressed it, revisiting this whole story, we filled the amphora first, and then there was enough to fill a barrel. And then a keg that we fermented the, the last bit of juice in. And so when the amphora uh, hit its demise, uh, we were left with one barrel and some Am, topping water. Amphora. Amphora. Am- <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get That's a really are, good one. I can't believe it's taken this long. Seriously. Are you still sending, sending pieces of the amphora out? I don't know if we're going to do that or not. It's I just saw it in my shed the other day, and I thought, I guess I need to start breaking it into small pieces. Bart, it, w- it, it seems like a Dane job. Breaking up pieces yeah. of and, and Hard brush. labor. Totally like, yeah. like, you know, hand a teenager a sledgehammer and tell him to right. break a bunch of shit. Right. That's probably... Well, I mean... I, <laughs> that probably right, saves Sam. some therapy bills on it or right. something. There, that was the thought, is uh, sending a piece of amphora in 
um, in with everyone. Um, Todd Jolly has one. He's, he wants to hang on the wall down at Sonoma's Best. Did you, did you sign it? He has a piece. That's what we're waiting for. As okay. I haven't signed it yet. Um, so that would be amazing, um, though, Bart. If you, if you uh, sent in. Uh, Send everybody sent, a little uh, yeah, piece that, it would actually be super and cool. And with no explanation, yeah. that would be the best because then you'd know right. who listens to podcasts or watches <laughs> right. social media and who doesn't. Right. Because right. no, we have Plus a pretty cool unboxing going on with our shipment. So it would be cool if you did something like that too. <laughs> it would be the ultimate unboxing um, duo, um, right. winemakers podcast um, fall shipment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then, then uh, I'm on it, Brian. I'm okay, on cool. It. No, that, I would be so stoked if I got a piece of Amphora. <laughs> Well, reach into the box, grab my Chenin Blanc, and Cut sliced my, my hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it comes with a waiver. You've so, got a very cool package going out with all your wines right now. Are, are we supposed to reveal it? Or are we... No, no, no. I don't no. think you're supposed are. to wait until all people right. open it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're not. We're yeah. Then I won't. I, I mean, I I was totally the kid who would go to the birthday party and be like, "Here, Timmy, I got you a puzzle." Right. right? Yeah. Like I would hand the present wrapped and be like, "This is what I." So. I'm with you, John, but I think that we should probably air to our better angels. And well, there are people... how many are out already? Oh, only a handful. Oh, okay. All right. No, we're just we're we're just getting rolling right now. Um, you know, there's it's a um, it's, we're busy. It's a busy time of year around here. There's a bunch of things going on, including why we're gathered here today, which we haven't yeah, even said. Exactly. Yeah. We're gathered here today. I just swirled the wine and then smelled the microphone. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the first Can we record. start this over? <laughs> Take two. So anyway, back Bart, to the what wine. Are we, what yes. are we doing, Bart? So this is the this is the barrel, the barrel fermented piece mm. of the 2022 Fry Ranch Shannon. Mm. So new source for us. Um, thanks to our friends over at um, uh, Las Harris. Las Harris for the hookup on oh, the ton of cool. fruit. Um, uh, it's beautiful. Joel Randy. Yep, Joel Randy. N- Natalie, who's going to listen to this on her Saturday morning run. Right. Um, uh, so, and the wine's, you know, delicious. I'm very excited about it. Um, 24, 23, 24 cases were all that's made. So, um, this is the first time for Dane Sellers that um, our wine club folks are getting wines that will not be offered to the general public until they've had their chance. Nice. So, and there will actually be three wines of that nature. Okay. Um, and we'll see if we keep doing it going forward. It's just all going to depend on production and, um, production and and how many people start joining the wine club that weren't able to get it. Right. Um, so, uh, so what you're saying is if you want your chance at one of these 24 cases of Chenin Blanc, you probably should sign up before you listen to this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you haven't so, signed up yet, yeah. it's too late for you. No, well, no, you can. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a sale's a sale, Sam. Didn't you learn that in school? I, I, um, Bill? I proudly <laughs> crashed a pool party this weekend and, and convinced the host to drop one of his wine clubs to join 16600 Bill sent me. So, yes, no, I'm, I'm with you. Sale is Wait, a sale. which one did he drop? Can you tell us? Uh, Foxen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's, and here's what happened. And this is like... That's because the Fox and Shannon's not as good as mine, and they'll end up buying my Shannon from here, uh, We'll send them a link. Um, Foxen sent him a postcard that said, thank you for being a member for seven years. Here's a 5% discount. Oh, that was sweet. Right? And he's just like... <laughs> he was totally offended by it. Yeah. Because... If you really care, uh, yeah, the whole thing. So we started the conversation there, 
And I wasn't even part of that conversation. I sort of just eavesdropped on it and then, you know, found an, found an opening. Pulled a joke. Pulled a joke. Totally. I was like, yeah, no, if you're in my wine club, I'll send you a card that says, thanks for being a member. Here's a postcard to spend 5% more. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Um, when are these going out? When are uh, you... So this is going to air on Friday, presumably. Grenache Day. On Grenache Day. Yeah. Um... And hey, happy Grenache Day. Happy Grenache Day. Happy Grenache Day, everyone. Grenache News, Weekend. Newsletter is going oh. out next week. Um, and we'll be ready as soon as people start answering. You know, cool. we're going to give them a little time to decide what they want. Yep. To place their orders, um, add to their orders, secure yep. their piece of amphora. Yes. And, and go from there. <laughs> so, um, limited deal. I, I mean, <laughs> Brian, you're, you know, you're so in love with the 16 Buddha's Dharma. Yeah, um, I mean, this is definitely you know slightly different in style. But you have any kind of thoughts on it? Oh, it's amazing! I you don't know how ex- I actually woke up and remembered that we were doing this podcast today, and I got excited because it, it is it's been a while since I tasted a Dane Cellars lineup. Like I used to come to, you know, your spot, your right. cellar, right. and actually get to taste stuff out of barrel, and I haven't done that in a long time. So I'm super jazzed to actually try cool. these wines today. Right. Yeah, and the and you know I'm a Shannon fan, so yeah. this, is, this is fucking delicious. So it's 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 really delicious. You know, it was whole cluster press, um, went into a like ten year old French oak barrel, fermented nice and slowly, um, went bone dry, finished ML. It was lightly filtered just for clarity, um, but it's not sterile filtered, and and there you go. Yeah. I like the notes on the bottle too. Thank you. I did yeah. so. I did change the notes. I went away from. Um, trying to tell a story and a paragraph that you couldn't read so, to just some things that I think are important that interest me when I look on the bottom on Reasons, the back yeah. of a bottle. Um, Picked August 25th, 2022. Uh, for reference, do you know wow. what it's at? Here we are, uh, you know, 15 days after that, 16 days. Yeah. You know what the P? What the I brick, don't. You know I don't. Yet. Okay, no. but it hasn't. Needless it's, to say, it has not. It has been not yet. been picked yet, and it's not, uh, it doesn't sound like it's in a hurry. Whole, whole, like nothing else. Whole cluster pressed, spontaneous fermentation, produced from organically grown grapes, planted in the 1960s and tea budded in 2015. Conejo clay loam soils, aged and fermented for six months, neutral French oak. Reuse or refill this bottle. Cheers www.danesellers.com. There you nice. go. So, but um, it's all relevant. I mean, that's interesting yeah, no, information you know, for me. Uh, I love putting the the planted date and the tea budded date on there. Yeah. Just to like spur that conversation. Yeah. Um. You know, there's so many vineyards. Yeah, Viognier from from Steel Plow. Um. You know, Sauvignon Blanc places that whatever they planted there. It either wasn't working anymore, or the market changed, or they wanted to do something differently, and you T-bud, you know, or, or top bud, cut over um, these vines, and a huge amount of the vineyards across the world have had this happen to them, Yeah, and we don't really talk about it that often. I mean, the, the story I heard, this is not confirmed, is that this was T-budded over to Shannon for um, Chris Brockway. Right, a Brock Sellers, right in in Berkeley or Oakland, um, and then he 
um, left the contract to pursue Shannon from somewhere else, and I don't remember where that is. And that's when Los Harris picked up the, and Los Harris is, has a lease on the property, so oh, really? um, they're having it farmed to their specs, and have done a lot to um, already to increase soil um, health because cool. it had really ugly numbers as far as um, the you know the uh, ammonias and stuff. Right. Um, so anyway, it turned out really nice. If I added no yeah. problem with the fermentation. No, so that's great. It's super racy. So totally. had, if it was on a wine list, it's in the, you know that's divided by styles. It's in the racy whites. Yeah, for sure. Had the amphora survived, how different would it be taste wise? Well, I mean, that's a conversation we can have with the next two wines. Um, what a segue! But what a segue! <laughs> um, but I I would say that. Um, this this to me has a like a little bit of a sweetness a little bit of a roundness um that i think would um probably come off as a more uh mineral based flavor is the, about the best way i could guess because i actually don't even know i mean i know that it's from sort the, of an impossible question right the uh, 2000 yeah. well the understood two, the 2016 shannon blanc we <clears throat> fermented and brian knows this because he tasted this as almost as much as i did i tasted a third of it in concrete, a third of it in oak, and a third of it in stainless steel. And the third of it that was in the concrete definitely had a salinity to it. Um, it had that kind of wet, um, uh, wet hot concrete uh, uh, sense to it. Yeah. Um, but it was the wine was definitely better with all three of them together than it was separately. Oh yeah. So. Um, so so anyway, so the next wine that we can start pouring. Um, so, uh, I'm drinking out of that. <laughs> Don't. This, this is why we're not on. Water, yeah, guys. this is why not. We're not on YouTube. Um, so, so the this next wine. Radio show only, folks. Right. <laughs> so the next wine is a. Um, it's a technically the second time we've released one of the wines, uh, but uh, we still have quite a bit left. So, um, because of the new release, which is the 2019 Valeria from the Rossi Ranch. Um, I had a 60 gallon sandstone amphora that I aged it in for the entire time. So as opposed to the ceramic? As a, well, it's speaking to, yes, to the, to the ceramic or yeah, sandstone. It, it's, it's Italian made this thing that right. I bought. Um, but I, is it like molded or does it, like carved out of I don't quite no no it's molded so they like take sandstone yeah and mix it with their binder whatever that is you know it's a certain amount of clay fire it um so it's more sandstone based maybe as opposed to um clay clay based yeah how much does it hold and 60 gallons okay and and the idea the size of a regular barrel yeah yeah um stands on end um so uh Meanwhile, Brian's just pouring himself more shit. <laughs> I'm drinking more shit, and I fucking love this. It's great, Bart. It and yeah, I mean, it's like dried apricot, lemon verbena, and then on the finish, almost like a little bit of like this burnt toast. Um, yeah, it's fucking delicious. I'm I'm super curious on this amphora versus non-amphora. Right. So so and there's none of the amphora in the regular Valeria. There's none of the amphora in the regular Valeria. And the amphora Valeria is 100, just the 25 just, cases or whatever yep. from that 60-gallon yep. yep. sandstone. Yep. So and, then... and, and, and I will say that 
that I think that. Well, I'm going to hold this the regular one until we taste it. And our wine club member is going to get a bottle of each? They're going to get a bottle of each. Oh, that's super cool. Okay. So that was the regular one. And so would you encourage them to open up both bottles at the same time and do a little uh, side-by-side? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, well, and I'll tell you what, and the the reason why I encourage them to do that because both these wines, 2019s, both these wines are still very young, and and they're just going to benefit so much from being open for a day. Um, that I think that if you opened up two bottles on a Friday night and drank, you know, had a couple glasses out of each one of them, did the comparison, and then came back two days later or the next day and did the same thing. So, okay, so clarity way, looks the same. The no, the M4 is darker is it, color. Is oh, it? Yeah, yeah sure. so it was. The same a little same length of of elevage, same length of time yeah, in the okay. barrel in the amphora. So so cloudy. so two two things two things going on with it is um, actually the amphora um, spent more time okay elevage um, um, by how much time uh, about three months okay. um, and and then it was racked into a barrel and bottled out of a barrel. So it's only time a barrel was, you know, for a week or so after before it was bottled. Transition. Um, just, the well, transition. just for like. Sam, I taste that difference in, in color. I oh, actually yeah, do. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it just seems like it's a fuller wine. clearly, you know, the, the traditional barrel is more of the classic garnet that you expect of Grenache. And the Amphora is much darker. Do you think, you know, I know it's... A sixty-eight thirty-two blend based on what Miguel told you coming out of the vineyard, right? Um, so there is. Well, I mean th- that wait, that wait, was weights, right? Because oh, so they were weighed separately. Okay. Uh, so so I know that's that. Is it possible that there's a little more Mouvedre in the Amphora? In the, yeah, I haven't tasted it yet. I'm just that's like just on color. I haven't even smelled it. I I, I think there's a possibility. There's a little more um, uh, Mouvedre in the Amphora. Was it were they separate fermentations? They were just, separate fermentations, yes. Uh, yeah, they were separate fermentations. So, like as you were crushing. So, 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 what I did is I, I, as I was crushing, I approximated, you know, the two, the two sec, the two fermentations, right? Yeah. And then fermented them all the way through, and then when I, um, when I, when I started to dejuice before pressing. I filled the amphora out of the amphora fermenter, and then I filled some barrels out of. I filled the large format barrel. Wait, wait. Oh, you were using one of those like the those egg shaped fermenters that no, are down there? No, 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 no. No, I just two different fermenters. One of them was an open top, and one of them was a um, the small um, tea bin. Okay. Right. Yeah. So two different fermentations, but then separating them out at that point. It, 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 again, not a completely perfect experiment, right. but but the gist of it is the yeah. gist of it. So, um, and so I think there might be slightly more Mouvedre, but then I also associate the the better color in the Amphora based one is that um, it's not as oxidative. It's not, it's not a big judging on the, the. It's not necessarily a better color. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no, no. 
Yeah, you're and exactly that, right. I misused the word. It's not. It's not a better color. I mean, classic, the deeper. Classic the, it's, wine it's a deeper talk, color. Yes, maybe. But yeah, 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 it's yeah, a yeah. deeper Grenache. color. But it's Grenache. No, no. I. I and the aroma. No, the, no you, I don't know if you guys have smelled them. The aromas are different. Yeah. The the barrel. Oh, the the barrel was definitely a more oxidative aging system. Like so the amphora. More color falling out. Correct. It's really interesting to see these two yeah. and to understand the way they were made and the difference in it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I always like to do an A-B testing, no matter what. To me, stuff. to me, the amphora, the aromatics are, are very different on than the barrel. I hope yeah. you made a lot of um, this. And and that's just, that's the point of the amphora, I think. And, and, and I've tasted other, had the chance to taste other things similar to this. And it always seems like the the vessel made of something other than you know whether it's concrete or clay or or sandstone. It always has a less classic aroma. How much was the uh, production on this? Wow. Yeah, different wines. Totally. Yeah. That's super cool. Both mm. delicious. I, I think yeah. I like the Amphora better. I like them both. I'm thinking you like more. different time. I'm drinking this one during the day. I'm drinking this one at night. Right. <laughs> okay. Day yeah, drinking and I'm thinking of you. Yeah. So, so these were, you know, again, fermented together. Right. Fermentation curves were very, very similar. They kind of went dry at the same time left them sit on their skins for a little bit and then um, dejuiced them and then pressed them together. So, um, so co-fermented, co-fermented the, uh, Grenache and Mouvedre together. Grenache and Mouvedre. Right. Okay. But only, well, I guess not really because if you pressed it together, you kind of like from the press a little bit went into yeah. one and a little bit yeah. went into the other. I mean, you know, when you're small production like this, yeah, you just, there's no other ways around it, right? Totally. Um, you, you can't, can't do two press loads. Right, yeah. right. What is your production? They, they, again, the majority of it was dejuiced out, so, yeah. you know. But I think the, the whole point was is to see the difference. Did the amphora make did the amphora make an imp impact on the wine? So for, for shits and giggles... What what you know? You had one barrel essentially of the amphora. How many barrels of the regular fermentation? Were there? there was. We're watching the, the headquarters being painted by hand right now, and and, uh, it's terrible. and, and ladder ballet going on. Yeah, it's just geez. pretty amazing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I need to be facing the other way. <laughs> Trade seats. <laughs> um, so uh, the basically what it was, Sam, it was um, a punching of the uh, a punching of the uh, barrel fermented. Right. Um, the um, barrel aged. Yeah. The barrel aged. Um, the barrel of sandstone, you know, the 59 gallons worth of right. sandstone, and then um, a small barrel that got used for topping for everything. So, for yeah. Oh, you're blending your own? Uh, a little more. Yeah. Kind of curious, too. Super scientific. 
Yeah, it looks like we it. have a graduated <laughs> cylinder inside, but I mostly we just keep that around for when Isabel shows up. I don't think any of us are qualified <laughs> to use it. <laughs> the exacting Isabel Gossier. Hey, that's why she makes beautiful wines, man. I mean, to me, both wines are, to, to my experience with Rossi fruit, both of them have this, you know, texture and kind of tannin structure that reminds me whether it's your wines i had a carlisle carlisle right yeah yeah carlisle um fairly recently um and my other vintage and the current vintages of this they have they have it's a it's a signature to it right without a doubt right you know and there's a grittiness to the tannins um so yeah no it's i mean it is a rossi ranch Rum, right. for sure. Uh, that spice box characteristic, um, and you know, I go back to my same thing, kind of with the discussion about yours. Like, it'd be really cool to work with some Rossi Syrah, but I really like these two varieties, and I don't really want to put any Syrah into it because I think I'll always be questioning was it too much or not enough. Right. Where this kind of blend, um, you know, is is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I will say I love the science of the amphora versus not amphora. I think the next time you do this, they're just going together. They're just going together. Yeah, it's because that's right. a, it's a more complete wine. Right. You know. Right. Um, they're both delicious, but together it's like you know that's why we do runs. Right. Because you, you know you get that combination where the the, the synergy more the sum more than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Speaking and, of, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and then so on that note. What's going on right now is the Amphora right now has 2022 Malbec um, from Lazy Dog. Okay. It will have been in the barrel for or been in the the container for like a year. And so I'm going to do a rack. I'm going to rack the Ross, the 2022 Rossies um, this week to kind of put them away for harvest. But then I'm going to put some of it back to the Amphora okay. for the rest of its aging. So I'll pull the Malbec out, throw the Malbec in a barrel, and then um, switch it out. Like rotate through the amphora. Yeah, because I like I like what it does to the wine. I mean, I I'm probably gonna I might even bottle the this one barrel of the Malbec separately, um, at least look at it because it's just a cool thing to be able to share. Yeah. You know, we'll have 50 cases of the of the 2022 Malbec um, that would be barrel aged, and 25 that would be um, you know, in the thing. And, 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 but again, maybe the sum of the whole is better. So we'll see. Well, Bart, the, what's the difference in the blend of the Valeria from the vintage before this? So the vintage before was a hundred percent, was a hundred percent Grenache. The 2018 yeah. was a hundred percent Grenache. That was, your... that was my first year. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Cause no. this, if I rem I mean, to me, this tastes softer than the last time I had Valeria. But if you're saying it was 100% Grenache uh, uh, before. That to me is the vintage more than anything else. Yeah. Right. 18, I mean, you know, you've seen the 18s in here. Sometimes the 20, you know, the, the 19s and the 21s and the 22s are more ready right now than the 18s. Or the 18s yeah. are just taking yeah. forever to come around. And it's just that vintage. It was big, tannic, tight vintage. Um yeah, that's, that's still, you know, 
if you know you're the people who are like trying to who are collecting these and laying them down lay down the 18s drink the 19s sooner uh, I, I mean i think that about our, our wines too um and it is sticking with the 2019 red profile that i've had of all of the wines from sonoma napa the aromatics are fucking amazing yeah, 19 was a great year yeah better than 18 what 18 made it so good sam um rain that's impossible yeah no <laughs> rain um if if you recall i recall well because um it was the week of althea's birth um we had that epic atmospheric river that flooded out sebastopol and you know pack cellars right. and um you know all through forest rio Nino, yeah. down the russian river um you know the <laughs> as i was like rot. calling yeah exactly uh, calling yeah. people um uh, you know to tell them that althea was born standing in the parking lot of sutter santa rosa and there was you know an inch of standing water in the parking lot it had just been like raining you know astrology or whatever basically althea showed up and the rain started at the same time that afternoon uh you know monday uh february come with it 25th 2019 um and didn't stop raining for like three or four days but that you know it was a it was a wet rainy winter in general it, it yep. there was snow that winter yep. um, you know that was the first time Braden skied myacamas right. um so you know you go into that there was actually an a fairly early bud break um and um but just kind of like cruised through there was you know there was no calamity, nothing, um, just really healthy, healthy vines. Perfect year. Perfect year. Crop low layers, you know, a, a little lighter than nine, than 18, but still kind of a big year. Um, it's just one of those ones. Um, one of those, I think, again, drink sooner than later kind of vintages in the way that like 16 is. Right. Um, but totally, you know, the, the 18s are going to lag behind in drinking window for what sure. What percent of all, all of your customers actually lay wine down or drink it right away when they get it? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I... Just, yeah. it's a, Give me uh, a feeling, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, based on what you see hitting Instagram, uh, 30% lay them down for a while... 30% lay them down for a shorter while and 30% drink them within the, you know, within the six months between releases. It's a rough, yeah. know, rough number. And then it's also hard to tell because like you're always pulling out gems to sell to people. Right. You know, I have people that call and say, Hey, do you have a little bit more 2015 cab? Um, and you know, so then they drink what they have and they buy some more and stuff. So it's a little hard to tell. Um, Right, so we we do the aging for some people. I mean, we lay it, and and like I said, with you know our I mean, release, these alone, so, so, 2019, yeah, yeah I'm just really just being released. Yeah. So, right. um, when did you bottle these? So I bottled the uh, amphora in March, but I bottled of this the, year of this year, but I had bottled the uh, barrels uh, back in whatever it was july or august okay of last year okay. so it's also been in the barrel so they were in barrel for almost three years yeah two and a half years yeah three plus on the yeah. amphora yeah. that makes a big difference too yeah it's called cash flow sam 
<laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> surprised you left it going that long. Well, I mean, the, the well, the. Are you right? You're waiting for more inflow so that you could right do the outflow yeah. on the bottling yeah. costs. And and again, though, you know, I also felt that the wines all, you know, the, the eighteen. If anything, the eighteen should have been left in barrel longer. I was so excited about getting my first Rossi fruit. I wanted it in tank. I wanted right. I wanted to get it bottled and start selling it. And realistically, it probably could have spent another six plus months in barrel because um, it does have that tannin. And, you know, and that was the first time I had really ever worked with stems in 2018. Um, and I, there's a certain impression of the stems that I get from the 18. Um, I cut back the amount of stems in the 2019 and that impression is still there, but it's much more, you know, manageable in my, at least well, in my right, memory. Right, yeah. um, so that's kind of interesting. Again, we always talk about the, you know, the one chance we get a year to work on something. Um, so that kind of goes along with it. Is there an optimal time to age in barrels? I mean, or does it I, just depend on It depends varietal. on the wine and the winemaker's goal. Um, you know, what's I mean, the longest you've ever kept? Well, <laughs> do we have to tell this story again? Um, the, con, con, the contango, con, that's right, that's ben right. conmigo. Wait, no, that's the Spanish 52 text. months in barrels, you know, but you know, uh, but there's Rioja Portuguese, you know, there's places that that's extended elevage four or five years in barrel is is standard practice uh and then there's people who you know bottle and after eight or nine months in barrel for red wine um and everything in between and you go longer in barrel for you know port and um, uh, yeah of all course other things. so yeah. it's all about the health of the wine yeah you know and if the wine is healthy and is benefiting from the time in the barrels then then that's that but again john it's it's you know ask a bunch of winemakers they'll give you all different opinions how often do you taste it in barrel to determine the health i'm sorry say it again how often do you taste it in barrels to determine that health is it still getting better i mean i i don't have a math problem a math like i don't have a calendar of when i taste things it's more of a matter of like whatever's going on you know check in on things I try not to open barrels just for the sake of opening and taking a sample out of them to taste. So it's usually when I'm topping them up or doing some sort of process that I go through my tastings. I mean, there's always a time where you go and just pull samples, but um, you know, again, it's a lot of it has to do with just understanding the health of the wine. I know that when the grapes come in, they're in good shape, they're healthy, right? They've, they've been managed correctly. As long as the fermentation is, you know, doesn't have any problems. And they, you know, going into barrels, there's no problems, you know, whether it's numerically or, um, you know, uh, organic, or, or, and I'm not going to try to say it, or, or, organic pleptically. Yeah, forget it. That's a big um, word. It is a big I've word. never is even it heard it. Word? It is, yeah. Okay. Um, we'll get back to you, all you listeners, about that. Um, someone just used it recently. Maybe it was MJ used it. And I said, nice use of that word. Um, well, you know, MJ went to law school not a finished law school but he went to law yeah, school yeah. Went way more i think he finished law school he just didn't take the bar is that what it was okay yeah, yeah. well still yeah. more shout school. out to you mj i went to school for as oh, long but i acquired less that. degrees um <laughs> <laughs> hey you're wearing your black wine guy t-shirt so um you got some good shows 
popping right now. He does. I'm interested in this one that he just dropped with the the NBA guy. Yeah. So, um, but so, so anyway, John, you know, the health of the wine is just something that you have to just pay attention from the minute the grapes come in, and and that gives you your ideas of where to go with it. And, and so. early analysis will determine later on levels of stress. Yeah. Perfect. Right? If if you you know that first. ETS or you know myenologics or whatever monologist or all these different places you can send a sample off to comes back and everything's freaking clean as a whistle and you know the yans are high and the you know acids are high and the whole thing um, then you're probably not going to worry about that barrel for a while uh, if it comes back and there's some like borderline problematic things. You might be a little fussy, more fussy about it. What are those problems that they? Well, either Britannomyces or VA or you know any of the things that are you know categorized as as flaws. Um, you know, there's a threshold for when they actually start to affect the wine, and if things are zero or you know below you know below testable range, then you don't worry about it. If things start to creep up a little bit or show up a little bit, then you're like, all right, well you know pay more attention to these barrels yeah and, and it's a multifaceted kind of question because you know every vintage is a little bit different um every vineyard is going to be different depending on the farmer and and i'm not talking about necessarily the farmers that we use but when you look at large wineries where you have large amounts of fruits coming in from vineyards and stuff so it's really a um, place by place um analysis and 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 wine by wine or even lot by lot analysis that determines that how is rossi ranch looking today you've been out there lately i was out about a week and a half ago and um it was looking perfect almost verated yeah almost verated um they had obviously been through and kind of um adjusted clusters and you know cleaned up dropped some big greens and took off some shoulders and you know looked beautiful it was a low obsidian um caught uh, uh harvest low obsidian you didn't kick up a lot of black rock not a lot right. um uh but the vineyard looked beautiful we it's, cultivate less so right that's part of it right isn't it every other row that got disked out right. there yeah. yeah so um what but, did i miss uh, nothing. Just talking okay. more about like health <laughs> you, of wine. Did you just stuff. sell some sold out tickets? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a. Which it's I a, think is going to be happening all week. I. So I at some point you're probably going to have to turn that thing off. Yeah, I'm going to turn it off. Um, so it, it's the uh, the Bill Graham said another Bill Graham said on this uh, that Bill Graham didn't believe in sellouts. If this, somebody wanted to buy a ticket, there was always a ticket to be sold. <laughs> right. Maybe not through him and well, his you know. things, but yeah. I. I I told our hosts uh, for Vinyl Sunday, the people who own the Denmark Street property, um, you know, because they bring a bunch of guests. And I said, "That's all good. You can have as many guests as you want. Just know that any any overages of capacity are your guests, not mine." Right. <laughs> so when that porta potty overflows, yeah, got, that was your. We people. got we got two porta potties. We <laughs> we doubled up. <laughs> Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go in a minute. Um, okay, let's so, taste this last yeah, wine then, yeah. or at least one of them. So oh, pour oh, out. Oh, wait, wait, wait! I want to try both. I'll, I'll well, try no, both. no. Well, right. So, so first of all, pour out both your glasses. Yeah. I want you to pour the Malbec into one glass, and and no, and then I want you to go back and forth a couple times, and and then pour yourself a taste because this is a great example of what a little decanting can do on a. Oh, like taste the what I. 
four back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, I need more than But how do we know it's... Well, you do need, we need to, to keep taste track it of, at first. You need to keep track. No, you can pour a second glass. Okay. Oh, okay. I got right? you. I see what so you're pour, saying. So pour one. You missed your calling as like a science teacher, man. <laughs> you know, fifth grade, but a science teacher. <laughs> Mr. Hansen. Yeah. No. Uh, hands up. I just, I just <laughs> sat in on Dane's... Um, a, a, a back to school night for Dane's AP physics class. And she goes, who loves physics? And I said, I like what happens because of physics, but I don't understand physics. Or this is glass staining. So, the, you know, this is so 2020, 2020 Malbec oh from Lazy Dog Vineyard. Shout out to Steve. And Dana, um, lots of decanting. You know, Mal Malbec in general is a is a variety that wants to kind of go reduced. Um, there was a little, uh, especially that first splash, a yeah. tiny bit of reduction that I was smelling there. Yeah, I mean, it, it wants to do it. It wants to do it in the fermenter. Um, it's uh it's funny i've recently had conversations with other winemakers that work with it and they all kind of talk about it like what do you do um so what do you do well you introduce some more oxygen to it like during fermentation these th this wine did not get reduced at all in the fermenter um uh but it's it i also because i'm pretty hands-off maybe looking back at it now um, and going forward, I would have racked this oh, and introduced racking. a little bit of oxygen to kind of help it a little, yep, help it along. Um, but this first one, uh, I really love this wine. This wine is like got intensity. Um, it's concentrated. Um, it needs time. But part it also has great acidity. Got great acidity and the fruit. I like, don't think of like, Malbec as having great acidity. This thing is making me drool. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to associate that to what, why I think where Lazy Dog is and where it's grown is pretty exciting because it's on, it's definitely a cooler part of Sonoma Valley, Southern Sonoma Valley, kind of like where we were talking about where your Cabernet Vineyard is, right? right? right. Or Stone Edge. Um, definitely gets, you know, the fog, the morning fog that a lot of the other valley, part of the valley doesn't get. Um, uh and and it's grown on a rock garden yeah you know there's soil on top but you can't put a shovel in the ground um you know that's so do you know why steve decided to plant malbec there when he did um i told him to well no I, it, so it it was already planted when right. they bought the and property it was and it was when they bought it and it was determined by i think well phil was farming it and Maya was, Maya Kamas was, um, helped Steve through a lot of this in his early education of buying this property. But if I remember right, it was already planted to Cab and Malbec when Phil came in that and took sounds, over the farming. That sounds um, highly likely. And so um, why? I'm not sure. Uh, previously, the grapes had primarily, they'd gone to Benziger, uh, they'd gone to Valley of the Moon, they'd gone to a couple of Napa wineries that was always kind of made by a Napa winemaker, or at least that kind of style, which like, let it sit, we got to burn off um, pyrazines, like just, just let it sit, let it go ahead and start dimpling. We don't care how ripe it gets. 
Because um, they were going to blend it. I got I got a boogie. Yeah. But I dig this. Cool. I'm not a Malbec Totally. Fan, but I, totally I know. Yeah. I know. This is boogie my, on, brother. This, this is my fave so far. This thing is... How much Sam of this Curry did you make? on assignment? Uh, this first year, it was uh, just like 23 cases. Wow. So... Um, so, 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 let me just finish my yeah, thought. Yeah, totally. So, um, uh, it, oh, and it's grown on a rock garden. And yeah. so, you know, there is a certain amount. It's not like big lush soils. Like the yeah. vines get in stress. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful spot, you know. Um, this year, the canopy looks amazing. It all looks really great. Um, oh, so, so, but when we picked this, you know, we picked it kind of when we thought it was right and when the other winery thought it was getting close and um you know now uh morgan from bedrock is getting the entire vineyard exception of the little bit that i get from the two varieties yeah. so it's going to be really cool to see what goes on going forward um i i just don't see a lot of malbec in sonoma valley that's why i was surprised like who i wonder who decided to plant it there you know, there's um, imagery has some, but they theirs was like Malbec if I planted. remember, it was North Coast. Yes, it was Lake County, but right, it was it was from the um, Ron Bartolucci Ranch, and then they were blending, I think, with Correct. other Malbec. Right, but but they do have some Malbec um, at the imagery site. There's Malbec planted on that property on uh, Sunny Slope, uh, next to Sunny Slope. Okay, okay. Um, there's a little vineyard right over here on like 7th Street East of Malbec, mm -hmm. very much valley floor, um, big, heavy soils right. uh, surrounded in trees. Lazy Malbec. I mean, uh, who knows what sort of wine it makes? It's kind yeah. of intriguing, but but yeah. just different. Right. Um, there's Steve's um, yeah. and I'm sure there's some more around, but there's not much. No. Yeah. There's not much Malbec around planted, you know, Period. anywhere. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But you can see how, and again, the reason why I have you splash it, because to me, this wine is tasting really delicious. Um, uh, Fucking great, Bart. You know, the question is, is get it out and let people um, age it themselves and start tasting it. Like, it'd be easy to go, oh, we're going to hold on to it for a while before releasing it. But I want people to start experiencing it I mean, you could, but now. people like wine like this. Yeah, they, they want to like, watch it evolve. And, and they just like full flavor. I mean, this is full flavor. This with a steak with a hunk of like blue oh, yeah. cheese butter melted over the top of it. There you Fuck go. Me. <laughs> so, well, you should be very proud of these wines this year. I am extremely proud of them. Yeah. Boy, the Malbec and uh, the Valeria, two completely different animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a wide range uh, here on the table. And again, 2020 vintage. Um, not a lot of wines. This was harvested before. Well, yeah, uh, talk to that because those are going to be questions that people will ask. Hey. Yeah. I mean, this was harvested before the smoke really hit Sonoma Valley. Right. You know, was there smoke in the air on the day this was picked? Yes, but it was it was high in elevation. The fires at that point were burning, were, you know, out in the Russian River, uh, you know, that part of the county and then northern Napa Valley. Right. It was after this was picked that the fire burned from Napa over into Sonoma and San, or more Santa Rosa, Kenwood area, right? And and in 2020, there's zero perceivable any oh, yeah, kind of yeah. smoke flavor on this. And then the thing that 
I think 16600 found out with the one red wine that they tried to make in 2020 was that you couldn't perceive any smoke, but it totally muted or masked the fruit on the one wine they tried to make. And this right. for sure is not the case on right. this wine. Right. This is like full blue fruit. Um, yeah, I think you're... Yeah, you're gonna have some happy people with yeah. the yeah. beautiful, with the mall beautiful back. this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. thank so, you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then going forward, we will have Cabernet and Malbec both from Lazy Dog. Um, and then, and, are you gonna do them separately or blend so, them together? So we'll have a 2021 Lazy Dog Cabernet, mm -hmm. um, and then in 20, uh, there wasn't enough um, Malbec in 21 for me, um, and then in 22, um, we'll have both uh malbec and cabernet from lazy dog um we'll see about if we blend them together or do them separately right. or do all three um you right. know again i think time will tell with that those wines are still really young yeah i mean but very much in the style of this like intense fruit um uh, but just young and and impressionable and when when bedrock took it all what were they doing with the malbec so I, I mean, this is their first year was last year, 2022 with the mm -hmm. property. Um, I, you know, I know Bedrock does a Sonoma Valley Cabernet blend. Okay. Um, and I think this is part of that. Right. Right. You know, their vineyard designated sites are like Montecito, um, you know, way up at the top of the Moon Mountain District, Mon uh, um, uh, Monta Rosa. Yeah. Right. But they've always, uh, or they've started to produce this Sonoma Valley. You know, they have the, what they call the, the Grenache blend Grambles in the sky, which is a, you know, Grenaches from different parts of the state. Right. Um, just a different kind of level of wine for them. Right. You know, they make enough wines. You may as well add some more. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, that's what they're looking at this for. Um, I believe. Um, okay. So, but you are going to be able to get some of it or is it every yeah. year it's no, going to no. be kind of a no 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 i the the in 2021 the reason why i didn't get it it was it was a, a napa winery that was getting the fruit and there was very little in 2021 and steve said you know you can have some and i said no it's okay it worked out better for me anyway okay. you know inventory control um right you know if we can get 20 or 30 more wine club members in the next year or so, then we'll start having those problems yeah. right now. Um, we're good. So no, I think it's great to have the different rose. And I mean, do you want to talk about, well, hopefully we're going to try this in, but do you want to talk about your rose a little bit? Or can people order that if they're getting this shipment? Do you still have any rose? I have. Yes. And I have, Sauvignon I have, Blanc. From... I have Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. I still have rose of Grenache and rose of Petite Syrah. Okay. Um, so those were all the spring release, yeah. um, along with this Zinfandel, which, um, I wanted to, uh, just taste with you guys today. Um, cause this is available also. Um, although this is getting down there. Um, right. so, but again, another wine that like super excited with the new vineyard source and to be able to work with these things. So, but Chris Yaren, I wish you were here tasting this with us. Gloom boy. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see him on Friday, um, Grenache, actual Grenache day. Yeah. On Lots the, going on this weekend, man. This is a crazy week, but it's, but as I was telling my dad, I was just talking to my dad, he's, um, moving from North Carolina to Washington state and him and his wife are going wow, that's through a change. Yeah. And they're driving 
And so they're going to all the um, sites they want to see. They went to the um, Field of Dreams um, yesterday, and now they're going to see Mount Rushmore tomorrow. They went to the site of Elvis Elvis Costello's uh, and the Big Bopper um, plane crash. No, no, no. No, Elvis Costello was not on that flight. Uh, Definitely Elvis not. Costello is still no, alive. Different. But, okay, hold on. Different. But, different. Um, they went to the the crash big, of um, the Buddy Bopper, Holly. Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly. Thank you, and, Buddy Holly and, and, and Richie Valens. And Richie Valens. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So they they just been sending all these pictures, but they're hitting all the little like. It's like they're on Route sixty six, but they made their own Route sixty six. Right. right. Um, Rushmore is actually cool. It really is. Yeah. I mean, look back to North by Northwest for that. I mean, right. it's just amazing. All right, let's try that Zen. Where is this from? So this is from the Rancho Aguacaliente Ranch or Rancho Aguacaliente Vineyard, which is uh, off of Madrone Road or on Madrone Road. It's what is now Abbott's Passage. Historically, it's known oh, as okay. Valley of the Moon Winery. Um, Who owned that? <laughs> Gunlock Bunch who does. Oh, no. I mean, Valley of the Moon. Valley of the Moon, I don't know if it even exists anymore. It was a Canadian company. Okay. The Parducci family owned it originally. All right. And the Parducci's sold Valley of the Moon to Kenwood Winery um, about 1997 or so. Um, Kenwood owned it for years and uh, remodeled it and rebuilt the winery. Um, at the time that um, Corbell slash Kenwood sold, uh, they sold that off to a Canadian family, which I don't remember, who owned wineries up there, and they had one winery down here. And um, at that point, I don't know what's happened to it at this point. I'm not sure it exists anymore. Hey, it's a beautiful spot anyway. It, it is. It's, you know, uh, it's... But- Going so this is twenty twenty Zinfandel from this vineyard. Right. Going Ooh. forward, what other Zinfandel vineyards are you sourcing? So we received this in twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, also, um, this year, for reference, this year um, we're planning on getting grapes from uh, Go for Run again. Okay. Um, which is again in that same area on Carragher Road near near Lazy Dog. Um, uh, and then we're well, getting you're low so lucky. You don't have to drive very far to go check on grapes. You just drive down the hill from your house. Brian, this was like, <laughs> like it would have been like when in the early days of Instagram, when I'd go on and I'd see all these guys like we're in Amador and we're in yeah. Santa Cruz or all these places. Still, all these people driving all over, going looking at grapes. Yeah, like that'd be really fun to make wine from all those places. Yeah, but for my whole career, I've been right here. Yeah, you know and. Because you can um, see these vineyards with a pair of binoculars on your deck. You can well, see you, these vineyards. Yeah, and you can get to them all the time. And, yeah. you know, and, and I That's just, great. like, my number one job is still father of Dane. Yeah. Right? Like, totally. the winery still, unfortunately, comes secondary to that. Yeah. So, um, it works. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Sonoma Valley. Yeah. Like, why drive anywhere when you have all these resources right here? Totally, especially if you're making Rones and Zinn. Right. And then you got to, and then for some reason, there's Malbec right by your house, right. which is crazy. Um, and then there's Chenin Blanc. Some... You just got to drive to, to see Chenin Blanc somewhere. And won't it be nice yeah. someday not to have to do that? 
What are you gonna play? <laughs> I'm not gonna play it, but I hope somebody somebody will <laughs> somewhere around here, or maybe Eric Bradley's parents will give up <laughs> some of theirs. You know, Eric's making a very nice sparkling wine out of that wine right now. Yeah, that's which interesting. Is, which is cool. All right, so it's kind of hard to go back to so this after drinking them all back. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is yeah. after we pour Cab Franc in the taste room, and the people right. go, "Oh, can we try? Can we try that um, Grenache or something?" You're like, "Yeah, but it's not because gonna... because the interesting thing about this wine is it's Zinfandel, and and you know, and I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to say it again. Zinfandel is a somewhat delicate grape variety by itself. And when you start blending in things like Petite Syrah, Petite Syrah is to Zinfandel what Syrah is to Grenache, in my mind. Right. Right? And this wine, this is a planted in the 40s. It's an Italian field blend. Sorry, it's in a field blend. Um, uh, it definitely has some other varieties in. I wow. think there's a quite a bit of Carignan out there. Um, there's definitely a little bit of Petite Syrah, but there's some other stuff. And so this wine is not on the, like, full-on massive um zinfandel blended with petite and alicante um it's a little more elegant it shows yeah. a little bit more um i you know one of the greatest compliments i ever had was someone said it's it tastes very um uh carn or no um uh, agua caliente bench style so, you know, the thought of this area um, starting at, let's call it the Sarah's Ranch, right? Going north. So Sarah is going into Bedrock, Hamill, B.R. Cohen, Old Hill, into Glen Ellen, the Lassiter property. Like those, that's a bench. And there's all these like the moguls. They call it the moguls of Glen Ellen. There was an article written one time. Um, that area, it's warm. Um, the soils are you know structured it's all alluvial it's all stuff that's fallen out of the mountains or washed down the mountains um so there's a certain amount of like elegance to this it's not a monster rhyme uh -uh. i would totally agree and zinfandel for me a lot of times has wild it's so different from other grapes it's almost like you're picking blackberries after it rained or something you get just wild aromas wild flavors yeah this definitely, you, the, there are some other things in here that are at play. Yeah. 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 So, so that's mm. it. That is the fall harvest new releases from Dane Sellers. Nice. Um, plus one. Are all uh, five going out in the shipment? No, there'll just be four wines will be going out in the shipment. Um, people can order. You only do four, four wines? Four, no, four different wines. The shipments are either two bottles, four bottles, or six bottles. Gotcha. Okay. Or whatever people want. Right. So the um, the people uh, haven't quite figured out. People can decide if they really only want two bottles. They can figure out what two bottles they want. We're going to let them, you know, have that freedom, of course. Right. Um, four bottle uh, people will get one bottle of each. Right. Six bottle will get... Um, uh, again, we'll let them pick, figure out. They'll get one of each and then plus two and plus two. So cool. they can get 2020 Zin or Rosé or Sauvignon Blanc. So, And then um, Sauvignon Blanc from Beltane, getting that again this year. Oh, cool. Um, and that's looking like it's probably about two weeks out from harvesting. 
Um, and the grapes have actually had a new experience this year because they've been getting Broadway songs being sung to <laughs> right, them exactly over right. the summer. Uh, right. Which, if you believe in that whole stuff, you know, there's there's winemakers and distillers that play music for their right. juice when it's being distilled. These grapes have actually had Broadway musicals. Every, well, year, every year sung to them right. through the whole summer and from Ryan, transcendent take that to humans i just read an article about the future of medicine being music therapy and and sound right. therapy things like that because you can calm anybody down with just a, a couple of minutes of nice music that's yeah. it and and it just yeah. changes attitudes and therefore it changes your health in a lot of stress situations and way beyond so as long as i've been doing this like music has always been like as long as I've been working in the wine industry, I mean, music is just part of my life. It always has to be going on. But, you know, when I was at Kenwood and we worked the bottling line, we could never really have music and because um, it was just too loud. But mm -hmm. when we were on the barrel pad, like it was what it, music was life, yeah. you know, and during harvest, when you're on your 14th hour of a 16 yeah. hour day, something to keep you going, you need something to keep you going, something to yeah. clear your head. Um, so, that's always been the way. That's why I, every year I make a, a, a harvest, you know, play track. And um, you got that coming this um, year. I'm still been working on it. Um, but I, you know, a little shout out to Jimmy Buffett, yep. who we lost here recently. Yep. And I always say that I was, I'm not, I don't never considered myself a parrot head. I always kind of liked the songs you shouldn't know by heart. You know his more obscure stuff, yeah. but I can tell you that like those songs got me through a lot of long harvests. You know, thinking about being somewhere else than in the cellar, yeah. uh, driving a forklift in you know the dark. Yeah, no um, shit. So thinking anyway. about Paris when I'm on red wine. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Wish I could jump on a plane. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. Well, thank you guys. Um, well, tell it. For, I mean. Going forward, it looks like your sort of foundation is Shannon Blanc, right? Yeah. Always going to make a Shannon. Yep. You're always going to make a Zinfandel. Yep. Um, some sort of Rhone or Rhone blend. Yep. And then this Malbec might yeah, make I, its way into the into the Dane Cellars. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would like to make Malbec and I'd like to continue to make Cab. Um, and, and I think that is the plan. You know, people love Cabernet. Um, I may not drink it all the time, but I do like making it. Um, and, and I like the source that I have with Steve's now because yeah. it's, it's more, um, older California tradition rather than, you know, um, what's going on in other parts of the state with Cabernet. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Sauvignon Blanc now that if the, I can keep getting it from Beltane oh, or yeah. heaven forbid me able to find something else and make a, a blend of, you know, two different ones, that would be great. Um, so those are kind of the staples. We try to make some rosé. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how's it going with the reusable bottle situation? Uh, I've got about seven cases um, that have been returned back to me. Cool. Um, uh, half of these wines that we poured today were in the, you know, repurposed uh, glass. Um, I'm going to keep it going forward. Yeah. You know, we're going to keep trying. Um, still collecting yeah. wines. I know, I know. There's a couple of podcast listeners that are waiting for me to send them uh, UPS shippers so they can ship back some bottles to me. So I need to get on that. You know, send, maybe I'll send it out with their piece of amphora and their wine club ship. <laughs> there you go. And they can just <laughs> refill the box. 
Will you take uh, any bottles back or just your own? No, oh. we're only taking <laughs> we're only taking back our bottles. <laughs> you know, the unique thing about this is John is is I was all I was all hot to like collect other people's bottles and um, you know, I have, I'm very fortunate that my labels come off very easy. Yeah. Uh, most wine labels do not come off very easy. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the whole problem with reusable bottles is like getting the labels off, as we've talked about. Um, it, but on the other hand, it's now that I'm making the rosé and the Sauvignon Blanc and um, the labels coming off as easy as they are is actually a little bit of a hindrance. Um, so... Uh, we're working on that. We're working on some label stuff to try to, you know, still be able to take the right. labels off, but not have them. Someone's going to come up with a solution because it's the one sort of like sticking point with the with the reusable glass and the and the labels. And I don't I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's a like a label that um, peels off easily, more like a sticker. I don't know. Yeah. If someone I mean, can figure that out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about. When they get wet, it's all yeah. about when they, you know, they start, the bottles start to sweat that the glue right. gives itself up. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. Like if you yeah. could just, you know, get them to stick a little bit longer. Well, I mean, yeah. we'll see, but, but you're right. It, it's all about that. Um, uh, Karen from conscious container, you know, previous guest of the podcast, she says they have a glass company now that they've worked with and they're going to be um, producing some glass that is built for returnable right. and will actually say um, returnable uh, bottle on it. Um, so that's right. still moving forward. Um, uh, in the Willamette Valley of Oregon, um, there's a group that have put together, I mean, up there, they essentially use one type of bottle in all of Oregon. It's a burgundy, burgundy bottle, bottle right. right? And so they're perfect to do that. Yeah. And there's a group up there starting that um, process. Wow. And so, you know, I mean, people are, people are waking up to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just Even here at 16600, I mean, they got away from the old Autotet bottles. Right. God, those and are heavy. The, the new ones that were bottled are in, are in lighter glass. Yeah. So where, um, if someone lives locally, where can they taste your wine? Who's pouring it right now? I think the Fairmont picked up something. Fairmont has the, um, the Zinfandel. Okay. Um, they may still have a little bit of Chenin Blanc. Uh, Sonoma's Best has a number of the wines, and Todd's very good about just opening anything if you want to taste it. Um, Enoteca della Santina has some wines. Oh, excellent. Uh, Glen Ellen Star has a Zen by the Glass. Cool. Uh, Glen Ellen Market has the um, Valeria, the Zinfandel, the Rosé, and the Sauvignon Blanc wow, nice. all on the shelves. Um, thank you very much, Glenelg Mark. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, we're out there. You know, you can always contact me directly. I can't really like, I can't necessarily advertise tasting times, but if you contact me directly, I'm happy to figure out a time that works for us where we can get together and taste the wines. Right. Um, we will be at uh, the uh, Vintage Festival um, in oh, many capacities. Let's, let's talk about that. Nice segue to the vintage festival yeah, yeah let's talk about the vintage festival and i'm gonna put it in your hands because you're in charge yeah <laughs> so um on friday night uh is the legends Wait, dinner what's the date the 20 you always do this to me and you make well me it's a ways but it's, it's coming up friday night the 29th okay is the legends dinner at valley of the moon i mean sorry at uh, br, BR cone, cone winery right? 
um, overlooking the beautiful Valley of the Moon on a harvest moon. Um, oh, that's right. It's actually a full moon that is, night, yep, right? Yep. It's going to be cool. Nice. It's going to yeah. be cool. Yeah. Um, uh, chef, uh, chef, uh, it's, uh, Ari, right? Ari, Ari from, yeah. Ari Weisswasser from Glen Ellen yes. Star and, and his and, catering uh, company, yeah. uh, are doing the dinner. It'll be a four co four course seated, uh, uh, meal. Um, wineries hosting tables, uh, bringing library wines and a few current releases, but really library wines and special release wines. Um, it is a benefit dinner. It's for the uh, Sonoma Valley Vintners Foundation. So the Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers have a foundation that we are making um, contributions and in, in donations to for the um, Sonoma Valley High School uh, a scholarship fund okay. um, for the Sonoma Valley FFA and mm -hmm. for the Mentoring Alliance. Nice. Okay. So there's a small auction portion of this um, event. Uh, there'll be just five live auctions and the proceeds from that will be donated to those three charities. And then as I understand it, tickets for the dinner are $350 a seat. Correct. correct. And then there's specific wineries that if you want to, I know that for example, 16600, we're hosting a table. So like Sam is going to be there bringing a bunch of library wines. Yep. I know um, Burns is taking up four seats at our table. So we still have what five, four seats at our table right. um unless you're coming and sitting at our table no because i'm hosting my own table oh and and and, nice. and i have okay, cool. um i right now i think i have four tickets left at my table so some people have gotten have uh, purchased tickets for my table so um if you'd like to come and sit with us well i'm yeah. somehow i think we'll be back to back sam and i will be sitting back to back so we can pour bottles back and forth i know nice right um, wouldn't that be cool if we can get tables right next to each right. other what are you planning um, I on pouring think I know somebody that might be able to what help are you planning with? on pouring um well i have 2012 cabernet from Ooh, the lassiter's property really okay. i have a few bottles juicy, of that. juicy uh, Creek. juicy fruit okay, um cool. i actually have some um 2007 uh cab and zin from dane sellers Really? Um, that I still, I'm going to open them up and see how they're tasting, yeah. um, before and see those, you know, I might bring those. Cool. Um, I have some 2009 Syrah from Juicy Creek, which I've had. Is, it's actually really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'll bring some of these new wines and, okay. um, and I might even go into my cellar and bring a couple bottles from my previous employers to share with the group. You know, I just recently picked up a couple of bottles, old bottles of Kenwood and Benziger wine. So just, you know, something that I had at least had my fingers in. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. So that's Friday night. And then Saturday, Saturday, Saturday is so Saturday all day in the plaza yeah. starting with the fun run is back. So there's a 5k fun run, the vintage festival run. And then there will be the traditional blessing of the grapes. Okay. They will reenact the Vallejo, um, uh, Harristy wedding, and then there's a festival wow. in the plaza all day. Along with there's um, artists will be there. Uh, there'll be uh, 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 the water fights, the grape stomp. Uh, there's a children's area. Okay. There'll be food uh, vendors. There'll be a beer vendor. There'll be wine tasting in the plaza. Right. Um, and I believe the fire department are bringing back the water fight. Oh shit. So okay, cool. It's, so it's, this is, it's a full on. We're going day. back. Yeah, yep, we're going back. It's a party. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's Saturday. So then the then the big grand tasting is on Sunday Saturday, at the barracks. Sa no, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. Yep. And at that's the at barracks. the barracks, right? At the okay. barracks. Yeah. 
and those, this is all this month. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so there'll be Don't over there'll be over forty no. wineries at yeah. the barracks tasting. Yeah. Um, and I think ten or twelve restaurants, local restaurants, serving yeah. food. Um, and it's gonna be fun. The live music. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. And so nothing going on on Sunday. Nothing going on okay, Sunday. Thank Sunday God. Is okay, recovery. so Sunday. <laughs> day off right um, unless you guys are planning on like picking up you know the strays maybe another vinyl sunday on sunday recovery vinyl sunday you know, we actually might be i know we have david gans coming and doing a vinyl sunday but that no i think that's october okay thank god give yourself a break um, man you know, you know what? We're you need a day off. Ryan is Mr. Event. And, well, and what I told my dad this morning, I said, we're not doing brain surgery here. He's like, oh, it sounds like you're really busy. I'm like, yeah, but it's all fun stuff. Like, we're having a good time. Right. Um, well, yeah. popping bottles that's the ultimate idea. Right. Um, and if you're listening to this on Friday, happy International Grenache Day. And we're having a, um, a little party tonight. Um, <laughs> on the back porch of the girl in the fig if you're listening to it and you want to drop by bring a bottle of grenache um saturday is the dinner at sweet d go to fig caters uh, fig caters.com there might be some tickets still available and it's wines are just going to be lining the whole table um that are sort of wines that are left over from hospice to Rhone and from um, jeb dunnick's tasting that he does Paso and slow wines you know whenever you do a tasting you have to send in two bottles in case one is corked or flawed so there's there's these little you know cases of wine sitting out there and then um john toolsy the owner and chef of the girl and the fig posted the other day that he has some um synchronon um i saw some 11 confessions boxes um and so it seems like we're going to be drinking some Maybe some Saxon and Synchronon and then a bunch of local shit. Um, and then Sunday is a concert, which... Just a bunch of local wine. Not yet. Uh, local local <laughs> wines, thank you. I mean, it kind local of was Grenache. like... Yeah, it was kind of like uh, Synchronon and, and then a bunch of yeah, local... Yeah, you know... Yeah. We're going to be drinking a bunch of local stuff and there'll be this stuff from other parts of the state that'll be poured uh, also. Exactly. And probably going up to um, Walla Walla. I right. mean, there might even be some Delma, some Force Majeure. I mean, who knows? Um, and with the, um, with the vintage festival, so something, just one last thing that, that I was kind of confused by, and I don't know if you can answer the question. So Robin Sebastiani was telling me that this is the 199th year harvest, uh, harvest in Sonoma, Yeah. which when she said it, it didn't really, um, register. And then, and then, um, I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Buena Vista was started in like 1857. So what are we, so next year is going to be the 200th harvest for Sonoma. But what is that? What is the reference point for the first harvest? Because I can't find that many years in my. For me, it's 1854. Well, no. So that that was the start of the wine business. Okay. When Gunlock Bunchu, commercial. And the, the, the years when Gunlock Bunchu, and then when um, when Buena Vista started, right? Okay, so but but there is historical data showing that grapes were harvested 199 years ago, probably having to do with the mission, okay. right, and making wine, right, here in Sonoma Valley, and and that is um, that that is I and I can't reference exactly where from, but that's what that is from. Okay. The vintage festival was started 
for all good intentions, was started by Gunlock Bunchu. Um, and I'm going to, so I get this right. I'm going to see if I can. Well, so per personal consumption through the, uh, well, no. So, so, and, and I, so that's what it was. It was through the church, right? Like, okay. you know, this is also the 200th anniversary. This year's the 200th anniversary of uh, St. Francis church. So that okay. is where those historical things come from. Okay. Um, so the vintage festival, which is, I think it's 137th year this year. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just read this because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, here's an origin story for you. Did you know that the vintage festival was founded by Gunlock, uh, by Gunlock Bunchu and the Dressel families as a celebration of the defeat of Phylloxera, which literally happened in our backyard. Huh. Now, the Dressel family, that is the property where Scribe stands. Okay. So that's that old old farmhouse. That's all part of it. So those right. three families were among the early farmers here. And they totally connect right to Gunlock Bunchu. Right, right. Yeah. While scientists across the world were exploring various means to defeat this disease that was decimating vineyards, it was a series of experiments carried up carried out by Julius Dressel and Jacob Gun, uh, Gunlock on the Rhine farm in the late 1870s that helped to validate um, the specific disease-resistant rootstock. So that is where the celebration came from Gunlock Bunchu starting the Vintage Festival. And there was a play that was put on um, at, at that time. So, so that's where the Vintage Festival came from. It was their festival for a long time. Then it became a community thing. Okay. So, so it's the longest standing festival in the state of California. Wow. So they really have no cure for phylloxera. They just have resistant Yeah, stock. I mean, phylloxera is always going to be there. The nematodes are out there in the dirt as we speak. I hate um, nematodes. Right. And, and it's just a matter of, you know, c controlling controlling the the balance in the soil and, you know. Um, so that goes along with soil health, um, and it goes along with, yeah, rootstock that is resistant. So Okay, there. so people want to get, I mean, if they want to come to any of the Grenache Day stuff, the dinner on Saturday, you can go to figcaters.com. By the time this um, show comes out, I don't know that there's going to be any tickets left for the concert. We're basically sold out, but, I mean, it's a barn, so we could sell a few extra tickets. You can go to winery16600.com and see if there is some tickets still for the concert and then for the vintage festival if people want to get tickets for the um for the legends dinner to sit at your table or sam's table um where do they go you can buy tickets at <laughs> god you think we were like professionals well um hold on i got it okay Someone should fill in because it's because it's I mean, not if you're still listening. No, because it's not <laughs> vintagefestival.com and it's not Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers.com. It's it's you can it's, get there by Sonoma Valley Vintners, Sonoma Valley Wine.com. Okay. Um, but it is wait for it. I know it's terrible because then my my link takes me to Eventbrite. Okay. It's the Valley of the Moon Vintage Festival dot com. Wow. Man, Valley of the Moon Vintage Festival dot com. Okay. And held at Biarcone Winery, which Friday night. Yeah. Friday which night. is essentially like the center, you know, if Madrone Road is 
the center of Sonoma Valley. It's about, you know, a, a five iron from there. Right. And Green last year it was at Buena Vista Winery. We had a good right. time. It was, and John Charles Boisset was sort of our hostess with the mostess um, that night. Um, and he might have been over the top a little bit. <laughs> Just a maybe. little bit. Okay, it's actually valleythemoonvintagefestival.org. Dot org. There okay, you go. Um, well, come on out. Have a good time. Make sure you get your tickets for everything. Yeah. And involved. That's a, It's going to be a great weekend. Um, yeah, busy month. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bunch of shows um, scheduled coming up. Uh, none of them come to my head right now, but I think it's time for us to do a listener's questions um, podcast here soon. Um, and during harvest, there's no winemakers really. When we have, us. I mean, we're, we have Dan Goldstein sitting in the, in the green room. We got Heidi Barrett sitting in the green room. We got the Brown estate uh, crew sitting in the green room waiting to do shows, but we, you know, it's harvest. And so now as we get closer to actually picking grapes, people that we have been talking to about coming on the show are now starting to get a little bit busy. So yeah. we'll see, you know, um, but we'll 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 fill in. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. There's um, no doubt about that. Yeah. And in October, we've got our 300th episode coming up. Oh no shit! Which is really cool. Okay. It's been a it's been a long, fun road, long, guys. Long strange trip. Yeah, it has. I mean, yeah. absolutely, it has. From my house to your house to the back deck here, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Really having a good time. And if you guys could see here, I mean, we're just looking out at the bluest sky <laughs> not a cloud in it man beautiful and the, the, the weather has been so great it's been 80 oh, gls great it's been um, <laughs> 80 degrees during the day and it gets down to like 50 i don't know where it is yeah. at your house bar but it's yeah. getting down to like 50 something at night so we've um this is uh, perfect it's been right. uh 51 like to, to, to uh, yeah. 85 recently <laughs> so all right everybody thanks for listening bart any other shout outs man no just um all you right. know drink more dame sellers that's Ooh. that's a good idea, man. All right. As the GLS truck pulls up for shipments, we are out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week.